0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Better Events Podcast. In today's episode, we are taking it back to the future with that Cascadia Conference. This is a conference that's in combination with our local MPIs and the PNW. And Logan and I had an amazing opportunity to be able to attend the conference and do live podcasting. This was a really cool opportunity. We had such a great time. And this episode is a compilation of, of... feedback that we've heard from attendees from the conference. And so you're definitely going to want to tune in. They're going to share all their thoughts about events and the future of events. So let's get into the episode.
1: Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow, and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast.
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, and I'm joined by fellow co-host Mary Davidson. Hi. Hi, everybody. We love recording in person together because it is so different than when we are across each other on our screens. And it might sound a little different because we're here at the Cascadia Educational Conference for Meeting Professionals International, MPI, here with our Washington chapter, our Oregon chapter, and our BC chapter with our Canadian friends. So Mary and I are in person. We're in Blaine, Washington, not too far outside of Seattle. And uh, we've been doing something fun with this podcast. Mary, do you want to tell people kind of what we've been up to?
0: Yeah, definitely. So we have a booth, a table and we have some swag we have some folks coming by but all in all we've been able to capture attendee voices and ask them some questions about the future of events which is really on brand with this event it's all about back to the future and so looking ahead for the event industry so we've been able to to hear from them about what they think the future of events looks like what they're excited about and just a lot of other takeaways that they've had from the conference and so it's been fun to
2: be able to capture their responses. Yeah. And I think this is really important for our event pro friends, not just in the Washington state or Pacific Northwest area, but across the country and around the world, because we did get some interesting perspectives on where the events are going. We end with a little bit, you know, we always love some extra bonus time. And so we did get folks answers to how they like to recharge. That'll hopefully give you some ideas as you get through this busy spring season, or maybe for you, if it's the summer or the fall, um, you'll get some ideas about how others like you are taking time to refill ourselves when we spend so much time working and, I guess, expending our energy elsewhere.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it's been a pleasure to be here and we are excited for you to hear what is to come with these attendees' responses. All right. So you're going to hear from many different guests today. And so let's have them go ahead and introduce themselves. My name is Jackie Baker
3: of Sparkwood Events. Brianna Mark. Um, my title is Senior Manager of Workplace Experiences and Events, and I work for Mozilla Corporation and I am the President Chapter for Meeting Professionals International, Washington State. Carol Astley. I am an event planner.
1: I'm Kimberly Kapistein. My event role is Global Events Marketing Manager. have to think about that. And I work for a SaaS company, Echestro out of San Francisco.
4: Jeff Pietka. I work for and own Adventure Day Touring. We're a, a tour operator based in Oregon.
1: My
5: name is Wendy Popkin. I'm the Vice President of Destination Sales for the Washington County Visitors Association. We're on the west side of Portland, Oregon.
6: Uh, My name is Heidi Hughes. I am Director of Sales and Marketing for a civic venue located just outside of uh, Vancouver.
7: And um, my role there is Director of Sales and Marketing. Uh, Jana Heinrichs and I am a Business Development Manager with Court Party Rental.
4: I'm Kevin Nash, uh, owner at W Lighting.
8: My name is Amy Hildall. I'm a regional sales manager for Seoul Community Planet Hospitality. And I am the conference co-chair for Cascadia this year. My
7: name is Rachel Horgan. I'm the director of events for the Puget Sound Business Journal.
9: My name is Tony Gavilanas. I am an executive producer at an audiovisual company called Tech Event Pro. Yeah,
10: my name is Brittany Wilkinson. I own Wilkinson Events.
11: My name is Greg Hines, and I am... Uh, in global sales for Choice Hotels International. And I am the president of the MPI Oregon chapter.
10: Hi, my name is Bodo
11: Rosenharden, and I'm
5: with Artitudes Design.
10: Hi, I'm Jennifer Cox. I am on the MPI Oregon board of directors as special education director overseeing and being the liaison for this 20th anniversary at Cascadia Education Conference.
12: My name is Terry Russell and I'm a director of global accounts with Omni Hotels and Resorts and I am the president of the MPI-BC chapter in Vancouver, BC.
13: Carmen Olain. I am a holistic life coach and the founder of Flow Academy, which is a life coaching and leadership coaching academy for leaders, entrepreneurs and coaches.
14: I'm Ryan Davis, and I'm the senior event sales representative at McCall Hall at Seattle Center, and I am the conference co-chair this year.
2: So the first question that we asked our attendees was, what excites them the most about the future in events? Take a listen. I think what's
15: really great is that people are really excited to be in events now. There's a lot of enthusiasm. People are willing to actually allocate budgets to it and want some unique and fun experiences built in so it's not just the the standard go sit at a table watch a powerpoint eat a buffet they want to have fun things like the folks just went for a run as a team outside um you know or or just some different ways of thinking about connecting i think that's what i'm excited about because we've all missed that i know i have you
14: know right now i'm just so excited about being back in person live i think that face to face is never going away. I think it's the most important part of our industry because it's where we actually connect face to face, and we can like feel each other. Like I see you guys, I can see, have your reactions. I that's what I'm most excited about. In the future, I'm really excited about all the technologies. The fact that we're doing this podcast right now is super exciting. I was driving up here with our our um, facilitator Tara, and we were listening to a podcast, and I'm like. Isn't it weird how like in the past you just listened to the radio and we had like radio shows and now we're doing podcasts, but it's all new technology. So it's like how we're going to take this new technology into the events industry, I think, is exciting.
6: I am very excited that people are loving in-person events again. It's wonderful to see all the events. I plan lots and lots and lots of events and the attendance has been really up. And um, we're actually kind of even doing away with some virtual components. So it's really great to see that people want to be in person again. That makes me really
1: happy. I would say it's a lot of the technology that we're seeing that's happening, as well as some of the new venues. I know it's sad, but there's not a meeting planner alive who's not excited about going to see something new and different and how it can change what they do. So that could be everything from the new summit in Washington State, obviously, Uh, where you have a building that's so sustainable and has, you know, natural light and green space. And you can see all of the ideas that can formulate from being in a venue like that to something as simple as a hotel that offers both still and sparkling water for their guests. Um, And it's, you know, self-serve and it's on the floor and you're not having to spend that money for the, you know, $4 bottle um, in order just to survive the night. So it's the little things that make a difference, too.
7: I think a few things excite me. Uh, One is the new generation coming into this industry, coming in with really cool and creative ideas and looking at things differently. I'm excited about kind of how inclusive the the space is becoming um, and just the DEI efforts and how that's just become normalized. And lastly, I think of just appreciating the empathy that a lot of people have for the events industry after COVID. They've kind of seen how important it is, how hard it is to put something like this together. And I just feel like a lot more people understand what I do as a professional a bit more.
6: First and foremost is just that we're doing live events again. Um, I've noticed that attendance numbers are skyrocketing. Um, The drive for corporations to um, host events again in person with their staff, with their employees, obviously still hosting with a hybrid model um, is still very, very common. But I do notice the trend back towards in-person live events with great attendance over the course of the pandemic planners and suppliers alike become way more creative, way more honest about expectations. And that's solidified those relationships even more so because we've been forced to have honest, honest conversations around what we can deliver, how we can deliver it and really um, compromising sometimes on on certain things that we just know um, needs to change in order to um, have events that are successful and include everybody and incorporate all the different requirements uh, that we need to do to keep people safe and to meet people's budgets. and.
9: I am most excited for consistency um, of being able to have our teams um, do some semblance of Getting back to muscle memory, um, I feel like we've learned so many new different kinds of pivots, and we're constantly learning new pirouettes every single day. And um, to be honest, I I feel like there's a bit of fatigue that's kind of like setting in. So I'm really really eager for you know that um, the, the the newer normal to kind of like you know lay itself out, and for the uh, the consistencies to start making their way back up to the top.
7: What excites me the most about events is just the human connection and getting everybody in a room together
9: and um
7: i said this in my ilia bio that i typed up last week is the shared experience of going into something and having human beings in the same room experiencing it the same way that you are and the way you communicate and connect over that shared experience and so maybe that's The future of events that I'm, what excites me about the future of events is the evolution of what that shared experience is and how we create more immersive, immersive events. It's like an immersive event is like you walk in the space and you're somewhere new because you walked into a space you've been in before and now it's different. But the new things that come in, new technology, new whatever that can create, even more immersive events, I think is
12: what I'm trying to say. I think what excites me is that people actually understand what an event is. During COVID, there was so many cancellations and so much media uh, attention that I think people realized that a wedding is an event, a reunion is an event. And I think that really helped propel what we do. And you could see the devastation when things were closed, restaurants were closed, venues were closed, people were to work. It just heighten the, what was going on and how tourism plays so much into our cities and how it pays tax dollars too, right? I mean, a lot of people don't understand that. So I think that's definitely a big thing. And then just making sure, and now seeing people being more conscientious of uh, sustainable events and not just making sure things are being composted, but that they are contributing back to local communities so people are more conscientious of that
9: what i'm most excited for for the future of events is just how immersive and experiential everything's starting to become Um, especially for us thinking about how thematic and exciting um different events can be i feel like people are now seeing different experiences than they had pre-2020 that are now things that um we can actually produce that are immersive and exciting and memorable?
10: That it will change. The one constant will be the need to gather because the MPI motto is when we meet, we change the world and meetings matter. Um, so that will always be the constant, but the formats will change. Obviously, the attendees will change as time goes on. And it just, it'll just be very interesting to see. And then how content is delivered is going to change. I foresee that. Um, so it's just exciting to see what's going to happen over the next 5, 10, 15 years.
4: Everybody's so excited about getting back in person. And that's awesome. For me, I think, I think what's interesting is that as people come back together now that so many of them are working remotely, they're not ever in an office together, the the social aspect of a conference or or a corporate event is even more important Uh, and getting out of the venue, getting outdoors and having the casual time. It seems like people want to incorporate more of that, uh, or at least I hope that they'll be incorporating more and more of that into their events.
10: And what excites me for the future of events um, is really seeing our Seattle market grow with new partners and new vendors and just taking kind of our current industry and elevating it with new experiences.
11: It is becoming more and more about the partnerships and making those connections on a more personal level. So I know when someone's birthday is, I know what their dog's name is. I know if they're obsessed with their grandkids and we can talk about that on top of doing business. So it's it's more about a true partnership rather than a transactional relationship.
13: I am most excited about human connection Because over the past few years, we've lost that human connection. And being connected to others is the number one way that we thrive in all aspects of our life. And so events are a way for us to do that.
3: The creativity that has come out of all of the things that we've been going through for the last couple of years. I think that um, it's forced us to do things differently. And I like the different things that I'm seeing. I'm also seeing a lot more partnership. Um, so I have really great relationships with my conference services managers because we both have to figure out a solution. It's not just me being able to be like, you go figure it out or her saying, we can't do this. Like we know that we'll both be successful if we partner and come up with a solution. And I think because of the creativity and the partnership, I have better relationships with the people that I work with, um, globally. So that's pretty unique. I think that we, you didn't experience that quite as much, um, pre now
5: and what excites me most it's going to sound weird but i think what we've all been through with biff or for those who haven't been at the conference for the you know the pandemic is that it's brought us closer together in a way that the challenges that we're facing now with staffing and everything i think is really creating very authentic collaborative relationships and as a salesperson i've always sold honestly i've always you know but but you always want to stretch your capabilities if you think you can do something. And so I just really think that it's actually good for us that we can all be realistic and say, we can stretch and here's something that concerns me. Let's look at another way to get that done so that it's, it's a, it, it turns out the way that everybody's hoping that it would.
8: I think what I'm excited about is the push for sustainability. I think the younger generation and really important to them and showing that you can have a sustainable event and lessen your carbon footprint is going to become more and more important. Our next
0: question is what were some key takeaways that you had from Cascadia 2023 or what did you learn?
10: There's a lot of just thought-provoking sessions like the uh, morning breakout this morning Tahira and Dean. It was just very thought-provoking to make you think like how are you doing this and what do you What do you hope to get out of this and why are you doing it? And even, oh, yesterday's opening keynote panel. That was amazing. The state of our industry and where it's heading and just having the whole West Coast perspective. That was just really cool. Um, I attended the LBGTQ plus breakout session and just, you know, you have to like do the mental shift and think of where you are and where everyone else is in your sphere and uh, what else? Oh, James Fellows. Well, you can't get enough of him. Like, no matter. And just the, the free tools that are available to make your lives easier. It's I love it.
15: And I was in hosted buyer, which was really great to be able to like meet other venues and see who's working. What I want to do is is move my business or move myself from doing to selling and doing some initial planning, but not being the doer. I think, you know, I'm going to be 50 in a couple months and I've I've been doing this a long time. And I need to trust that the next generation coming in, they can just do it. And I don't need to be that person. And I kind of don't want to be that person anymore. I've done this a long time. And there are some interesting parts I think I can grow and expertise, but I think I really want to be able to mentor someone, hire someone, collaborate and get like new ideas. And then, like, kind of do the slow fade out, you know, for the next 15 years,
1: and then just be like, I'm out. I would say with Cascadia, um, there's always a variety of (laughs) things to learn. Uh, One is from your colleagues themselves. So you learn what's going on in their lives, what they're doing, how they're changing some things. Um, But from the education itself, I would say the technology piece that's coming up from James. He's really, uh, Bellows is really integral in in understanding that there's things that we as event planners have to understand and accept and he makes it easy for us to do so so he makes and takes that technology piece and breaks it down into our speak so that we know how to use it and and apply it to what we're doing today so looking forward to that
14: you have to be ready for anything you never know what's going to pop up you know something might be off schedule Somebody might come down with COVID. You have to be ready for anything. You have to value your partnerships and your team, and collaborate. I thought Jim Spell's, uh, his presentation was also really exciting. Just to see all the things that are coming, and how can I go and use those in my day to day?
7: I think the last session helped, even though we were talking about how some of the ways she does her time blocking doesn't necessarily work for me in my schedule. I think something I took away from it is just being more aware of how hard I'm pushing myself and if it's the right thing that I'm pushing myself on. Like it's okay to say no and not be president of every single association. That's something that you can do. Um, and being aware of is what I'm pushing myself on something that's actually going to produce results that I want, or am I just going for the sake of going?
8: Step out of your comfort zone. Um, Public speaking is something that terrifies me and um, there's a lot of that with this position and I've never been on the planning side of things. I've always been on the supplier side and um, I've grown a lot just from this experience. I'm lucky to have really strong experienced people on the team to lean on but yeah so I'd say step out of your comfort zone.
11: The excitement and buzz of just being back in person has been phenomenal. It is being felt in every corner of this resort right now Uh, and so I think that's the biggest one that when we can, we should be going back to meet in person. I
7: definitely have learned that I need to up my passport uh, password security. <laughs> And that uh, we definitely need to uh, sing a little bit more about when to use our devices and where to use our devices.
9: I, I think that the most holistic one is like really kind of, you know, in a way almost, um, you know, a sub theme of this, uh, this conference I've been hearing from a lot of people, which is um, the, the power of networking, the real power of, um, of, of not only doing that, but like partnering your organization in a way where you, um, you don't have to do it all. You don't even have to do like, it you know you can do just one thing if you have a great network um, of you know collaborators to be able to come in with and so being able to have those conversations being able to find new um, amazing ways to to think outside of the box um, for us in production we desperately need to find ways to create business models that lower the cost of AV certain things are fixed costs but a lot of it I mean I got into the industry because you know we get paid how much to plug in VCRs you know what I mean like. My dad thinks I plug in VCRs, right? But like, ultimately, I think that, you know, if we can actually, as a new generation, like find those efficiencies um, and, and put them out in like a service way um, and the kind of hospitality smiling, um, then yeah, we, we won for everyone.
10: The session that we were just in was talking about the difference of rest versus laziness and how it's okay to take rest. And rest means that you're in true rest when you feel good about it and you feel like accomplished. Um, so that there is a difference
7: we really need to do
12: a better job of reaching out to the next generation and talking to them about um what the future lies what type of jobs what kind of career it's not just a server or being in housekeeping which are great entry-level positions but you can make a life out of it you can grow a family from it i mean you can just have so many different connections and i think we need to all do a better job so that we can really give back to the community so we
3: can all retire at some point. I think so far my takeaways is that everyone's really eager to hear all sides of things that are going on. Um, From the opening keynote where we heard about what's happening in the different areas um, with the different cities um, to hearing about different technology, it's all about like where are we going to next as opposed to dwelling on where we what we, what happened the last few years. So I'm excited that we're thinking about those things as opposed to trying to figure out what we were recovering from.
13: How important it is to have meaningful conversation. So I think one of the things that people have this stigma, negative stigma on networking. And so I think it's just all about the questions that you're asking. Some people are nervous about it. Maybe they just ask where you're from or or what do you do? You know, like those everyday questions I like to think about, like, if you can be the most interested, then you can be the most interesting. So what kind of questions can you ask about that person that you're with? Be fully present with them and listen something that I always love to ask is just like, what's most exciting for you right now? And you could pick an area of life like in your personal life or in your business or for an event that you have upcoming. And so a lesson that I've learned is that with the group MPI in particular, is people are really open to that. This specific chapter here in Oregon and Washington, I think is what's here since it is my first time, um, is that they want to talk and they want to connect And they're deeply rooted in community and connection, and they want to help you. I offered some assistance to one of the individuals, um, just because that's what I do. I love to give. And right away, she goes, now, how can I help you? And so there's something different about this MPI organization. And that's just my, my biggest takeaway so far. And our third and final question that we asked attendees at this year's conference was, what
2: do they do when they've had a busy event week or work week? How do they like to recharge? Here's some ideas.
3: Um, my recharge method is what I call depeopling and recatting. So I go home, I turn on the TV, and I get covered in 2.5 cats because one doesn't actually sit on me. She just lets her kind end touch me.
11: So I loved what Brianna just said. It was hilarious. And I'm just it's very similar, but I am obsessed with our 101 pound labradoodle. So I spend all of my time that I can with him and my husband. Uh, and just spending that time at home and reconnecting um, and not talking.
15: As far as recharging, I think getting outside as, as much as you can, which is really hard here, is um, is good. And then I also take... My husband and I do this thing where every Sunday we call it the reset day, right? So, like, Saturday, like, you've worked all week. Saturday, kind of get your chores done. And Sunday, it's just, like, chill, like, almost bench. And then I feel kind of guilty, but then I'm, like, feeling way better for Monday. So, reset day. And it's not a reset afternoon or something.
6: Spend time with my family, whether it's, like, walking the dog, going to the park, going on a trip. They're my why, and they're the reason why I do and work so hard and putting in all the hours so it's it's good to just be remembered um, I do it all for them
1: yeah, for me it's really uh, time on the beach right so I'm a water girl um, and it might be doing a fam trip uh, if I can tie it into something that makes sense uh, where I can go and take some moments and just recharge but it's, it's I hate to say it we're travelers by heart so it's often going and traveling but finding that place where yay we didn't have to plan it but we get to go and enjoy it. I feel
6: very lucky to um, live and work in the beautiful province of British Columbia where
15: we take a lot of
6: time to get outdoors, um, to be tourists in our own neighborhoods and in our own um, beautiful um, parks and, um, and mountains and ocean and I just really take that all in it and, and I, I spend some time being grateful for that. And then I spend a lot of time just reflecting on um, where things are going, what what's working really well and um, taking time to have those conversations internally and then taking those conversations back to the workplace, um, having had that time to reflect.
14: I like to travel. So whenever I can go and travel somewhere, I like to get away and just not think about work.
7: I sit on my sofa, and I drink a glass of wine, or five, and I watch TV, and I scroll through my phone, and then I attack my children because my children love to be attacked.
4: But also say... I honestly would go just for a glass of wine, watch a movie, watch a show, uh, decompress, not have to think about anything for a minute, and then come back.
1: Take my dog and take her for a long walk on the beach. (laughs)
4: But my my personal outlet in terms of like athletic or outdoorsy is kayaking. And it's something that you think of as a summer activity, but there I am hustling the the tour world in the summer. Uh, So I do most of my on water time in like April and November. But at the end of a season, I do try and cram a bunch of bunch of water trips in in October and November before it gets too cold.
10: I go on dates with my husband and we'll just take the evening off and rest.
13: So many ways. But I build in white space. So I don't uh, plan any appointments or plan any work. I live in Miami Beach. So it's like endless summer every single day. So I'm able to get out in nature and really recharge that way. And so it's basically like turning everything off, even that, if that might even be like the TV, right? A lot of people will relax with TV, but just reading a book outside, walking, being with my husband, eating nourishing foods, all of that, that really not only replenish you and give you energy, but give you strength and mental capacity and brings back your creativity too. Because one of the things that's diminished often when we're in a season of fullness is our creativity, which is really important.
5: So, so often we're in beautiful places like we are today where you're, you know, capturing this. And I like to take a day after and just off because, you know, you're at a resort or you're in a city and you don't get to see any of it. And even if you had free time, time your mind is racing a thousand miles an hour or you know like hosting a fam like I hosted a fam right and then I just sat down and had a glass of wine afterwards in the place afterwards to digest it because I feel like otherwise it's just like on to the next thing and so here when outdoors is an option I just really go for a walk and like to stay and like this really is a cool place
9: by immediately getting in with my six and my three-year-old daughters and I completely just like, you know, melt away. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, all my energy is gone. So I don't recharge very well. Um, I, I'm very much, you know, dad focused. So even if it's, you know, coming home, um, it's like pancake man in a Saturday morning, you know, like Friday night show close, like overnight flight, like I'm up at seven, you know. Um, but uh, it, it's weird to, to actually say that that kind of recharges me, even though it depletes, because, um, you know, it recharges the parts of me that are most important
10: people <laughs> but we have friends that just like hang out chill bust on each other laugh our asses off and um just be goofy and not be in charge
8: oh gosh a lot of different ways um I love to dance that's my kind of therapy is um just movement and um nature being outdoors um breathing the fresh air I'm from Portland, so it's not always sunny. But if I can get the sun, or even you know, just a little blue sky, that recharges me.
12: Bought a teardrop trailer last year, and that's um, my my guilty purchase. But it's been great because we can just take off and run away to nature with my husband and my dog, and just get away. And it's our little hotel
2: on wheels. Well, there you go, listeners. You've gotten to hear from just a few of the many attendees that were here at this year's Cascadia Educational Conference, hosted by MPI Washington and Oregon and our BC chapters. Mary, I think it was really fun. This is something new that we're trying with the podcast. We've thought about it in the past, doing this kind of live recap, as you say. um, And I know I really enjoyed it. And I feel like I learned just from the interviews that we've gotten to do. It's been really fun to get people's real-time perspectives.
0: Yeah, it's been fun all around from a podcasting perspective, from an event perspective, and then like as an attendee as well. And so
2: it's uh, fun to have- see it come together. And we hope that you all have learned a thing or two from each other as well. And Mary and I got to flex a new muscle where we also presented at a breakout session at this year's conference, which I think we came up with the idea that we like to be, instead of being called, we can be speakers. I'm okay being called a speaker, but I feel like we both really enjoyed being facilitators. We uh, had repurposed some content that you listeners might remember from episode 76. If you haven't, go back and listen to it, all about event trends. And we spilled the tea about some unpopular event opinions And highlights for me had to be some of the groans and the laughs that we got out of our audience, both from things we said and from them sharing out with some of their unpopular event opinions.
0: Absolutely. It was so fun. There's lots of energy, which you've heard from the attendees say there's so much energy in the room. So we are so happy to have this experience.
2: Yes. And Mary and I, you know, we always encourage you to learn new things. And this is something that I feel like the podcast, we're almost at 100 episodes. So we've been doing this a while. And it was really fun, both to do this live podcast here at the conference, like we're doing right now, but also to get to speak and, and do something kind of outside of our comfort zones, because I feel like we've gotten in the zone with the podcast. So speaking in front of a room without a microphone is a little fun. Yeah, and weird at the same and time weird
0: <laughs> and a little scary, but we got through it and it was a great time. And so we had a lot of fun at the Cascadia education conference. And before we go, we have a traditional bonus tip. You know, we always do this with our episodes, so we're still going to do it today. And
2: Logan has our bonus tip today. Yes. Uh, my bonus tip this week is for anybody working in person events coming up, you know, we always love a good fanny pack or a bag moment to carry around with you of all your like pens and random little things you might need at any moment. I got this and I'll link it in the show notes. I got this bag off of Amazon that is like a crossbody backpack, but it's a little bit larger than a fanny pack, but it holds a water bottle. Or as most of my friends will know, I say water bottle. Um, And it has been a game changer for me because I usually forget to drink enough water at events. And by having like it fits a water bottle inside the backpack. It was always on me and it just made it way easier to actually stay hydrated. And it, the only thing I changed was having a backpack that was, or a bag that was big enough to fit it, but not be like, I'm wearing a full backpack. Link it on your like to know it, Logan. (laughs) We we don't have that. No, we don't. We will be linking it just in the show notes if you would like to purchase it or something similar. (laughs) Yes, absolutely.
0: Well, thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode of the Better Events Podcast. We are thrilled that you have taken the time to be with us. Thank you so much to those that also participated in
2: sharing their thoughts about the conference. Without you, this would not be an episode, so thank you so much. And with that, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter at Better Events Pod. You can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com, and we'll be back again in your feeds next Wednesday. Oh, but also you can follow us on our website at bettereventspod.com. Woo! Way to hard launch that. Yes, we do have a website now. We will link it in the show notes. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.